What's going on, everyone? Thank you for joining me for another solo episode of The Ox. And if you guys are supporting on Auxor Premium, you can get bonus episodes of solo episodes of The Ox. You can get bonus conversations. You also have the ability to suggest topics on Auxoro Premium for the Auxoro podcast, which is my guest podcast. So you can suggest topics and questions for any guests. I'll send you guys the guests that are coming up. And then you can submit what you want me to ask, topics you want to get into, topics you want me to get into on solo episodes like this. And uh, maybe we'll even have some sort of video recordings. You can record yourself asking a question and we can bring it up and either do it with a guest or I could do it on one of these solo podcasts and we'll do it Theo Vaughn style where we, we bring it up and there'll actually be a video on the podcast. So maybe we'll do that too, but go check out Auxoro Premium, less than five bucks a month if you sign up for the year. And if you aren't a subscriber, that's okay too, perfectly fine. You can also support by rating us on Apple Podcasts. You can share it on YouTube. You can shout the podcast out the window you can look for someone walking down the street and if you see someone walking by you can say hey go check out the auxoro podcast and depending on how high up you are they may just think you're an unstable person yelling out the window because they won't be able to hear exactly what you're saying but hopefully they can read lips maybe they're deaf so today right after i adjust the levels a little bit we're going to get into some exciting stuff. So first off, yeah, you guys can hear that, right? We're going, we're going in. Uh, so first off, there was a CBS Face the Nation interview with Dr. Tony Fauci. And if you guys have not been living under a rock the past two years, you know that Anthony Fauci, Tony Fauci has been the leader the health leader of the things that are going on in America. And he's been someone that people have looked to. One of the figures, I will say, the mainstream figure to say, should we wear masks? Should we get vaccinated? Should we get boosters? And of course, he's said a lot of shit that's ended up being wrong. He said some shit that's ended up being right. But people, uh, a lot of people don't like him. And... I'll say that a lot of the things he says are not for me, especially with a lot of the evidence that we have out now about things that are happening with the pandemic. And so Anthony Fauci did an interview on CBS Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, and I have some of the transcript right here, so we are going to get right into that, baby. So... Anthony Fauci says this on the CBS Face the Nation interview. He says, so if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. And Tony Fauci saying this in response to Margaret Brennan asking him about criticism and the criticism he's gotten in the past. So, so that's the context. So he says, if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, yes, that is in the transcript. He's talking in the third person. And if you've heard other interviews with Tony Fauci, that, that will not surprise you. 
He says, but if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. There's a face. There's a voice you can recognize. You see him on television. So it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. I'm not going to be around here forever, but science is going to be here forever. At least that part is true. Thankfully. He goes on to say, and if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society long after I live. And that's what I worry about. So that is Anthony Fauci's controversial take is that I represent science, that he is science. He's making a direct correlation between him as a human being, as a single human being that is capable of errors and opinions and bias. He is making a correlation between himself, Tony Fauci, and the process of science, the 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 process of gathering evidence and making a hypothesis and the other steps of the scientific method that I forgot four minutes after fourth grade ended. But he is, he is saying that he is effectively science so that whatever he says also has to be true in the field of science exploration, which of course is not true at all. And that's what scares me the most about, um, obviously, if you have a leader that is uh, full of himself and biased and politicized and being corrupted by, you know, fame and and fortune, it's like Anthony Fauci reminds me of the way that I hear stand-up comics talk about other comics that succumb to the fame and being politically correct is that you get into comedy, you get into your field of work because you want to ascend to the highest level of that art form or the highest level of that profession. And then as a result of you doing your job well, other people start to come around, other people start to influence your opinion what you can say, what you can say, they start to give you ideas. You surround yourself with yes men and yes women. And then all of a sudden you become someone who that yourself 10 years ago would have thought was a fucking clown. And that's what that's and I don't mean clown in the sense of being funny. I mean clown in the sense of, you know, like what are you doing? And that reminds me of Anthony Fauci where I'm sure he did a really good job and got into science because he wanted to make a difference. He wanted to help people out. I understand he did a lot to quell the HIV AIDS epidemic. I I don't know a lot of details about that, but I hear people saying that he had a huge impact on that. And so I'm, I'm not doubting that he got into science for wanting to have an impact on the world and a good impact. I'm saying that he's become this Oprah-like figure surrounded by powerful people who also 
have motivations. They have political motivations, financial motivations. Those powerful people are then connected to other powerful companies, and those powerful companies are connected to a shit ton of money. And that's not a great combination uh, to surround yourself with if you're someone like Anthony Fauci, because your job, like you say, if your job is really to represent science, then you have to cultivate an atmosphere of being as unbiased and egoless and willing to admit you're wrong as possible. And to me, that is not even close to what Fauci has done. He, he's gone into the spotlight. He's made it so hard for himself to have what people could take as a controversial statement or, or to make a recommendation that maybe, you know, CNN doesn't want to hear, but it's, it may be the right thing to do. Like talking about instead of getting uh, getting yourself vaccinated and getting boosters, be honest and say, you know, we're still uh, w with vaccinations. Yeah, it, it, it's a from what I can see and from what I've uh, come across in my own research and I'm by no means an expert. So please do not take this take this with a grain of salt. It seems like it's it's a good idea to get the vaccine and there are also breakthrough cases and those two things can coexist and there are also people that have adverse reactions to the vaccine and we're not having conversations that include all of those things it's either get the vaccine and it's a hundred percent effective and anyone who questions it is a cuck or you know uh right wing or whatever and in reality, when you have millions of people undergoing a medical procedure, like getting a vaccine, they're going to be adverse reactions and they're also going to be breakthrough cases. And I think if people like Fauci were more honest about that, about the potential downsides, I would actually encourage more people to get the vaccine because people hate being lied to even when they don't know exactly what they're being lied to about, they can just sense it. And when you watch this interview with Fauci, you just sense that there's a cognitive dissonance between what he actually believes and what he's saying. And it seems fake. And if I can see that on a, a transcript, people can definitely see it. Like I read this hearing his fucking voice in my head thinking, this is the fakest shit I've ever uh red and and so people can obviously see that if they watch the interview i watched a few clips of it and it's even more apparent but people can sense that they're being lied to even when they aren't aware of all the facts they can they there's some sort of energy or aura that enters the room when someone is not being authentic and, and when someone has an ulterior motive that they're purposely not showing because companies or politicians and other people behind closed doors have a stranglehold around them it's like this invisible stranglehold that's around Fauci's neck influencing his speech and actions that we can't visibly see but we sense it in the way that he speaks and moves through the world so that is <laughs> I mean I don't know how you can say you represent science um but with that being said, you know, here's what I do think. I think this is Fauci's angle when he says, I represent science. I am science.
it almost has this cologne type feel to me. It almost has this. You ever see those commercials with Johnny Depp and he has the, the, the Sauvage. I actually, I have it right here. And you just, you know, it's some sort of very sexy and, and sensual voice. And it's Johnny Depp in the commercial and he's on a beach with a bunch of women, fat tits, nice ass. And there's just like a cologne spritz around them and they're just like, Savage by Johnny Depp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can you can you not picture uh, Tony Fauci coming out with a cologne called Science? Science by Tony Fauci. Just just Fauci surrounded by just a bunch of tits on a beach, girls in bikinis. Just he he's jerking off on them with the vaccine. He has the vaccine in a syringe and he's just fucking letting it spray in their mouth. He's like, ah, oh, ah, oh, science. Oh fuck. Oh shit, daddy. Oh Daddy is uh Daddy's Pfizer to Fauci. No. <laughs> um but yeah, it's just like I could I could so see Fauci in a commercial. He's he's it starts out, he's just like I am science, and you can be too. With Science by Tony Fauci. <laughs> Do you have questions that pop into your head about the vaccine? Do you have thoughts? Do you sometimes wonder about things? Well, I have a solution to that. Three sprays of science by Tony Fauci. And all those questions float away. And I float in. And I can tell you exactly what to do because I am science and now you are too. Doesn't that sound nice? Science by Tony Fauci. Don't ask questions. Instead, just spray. Spray on the science. Spray on that, la- that, that layer that's going to protect you from asking questions because that's so bad for you. And that's, you don't want other opinions coming into your brain. You just want to take what I say and I'm science in a bottle and I'm spraying it on you to take. And, and all these girls in the commercial are just like, I thought this was going to be 30 seconds. Why is he going on this rant? And they're just like stuck in that pose of like the vaccine just coming on their face and Fauci's on the beach he's just holding that and they're like how long do we have to stay on our knees with fucking Pfizer and Moderna just spread all over our faces and we're just holding that pose as as Fauci just like red sees the the girls on the beach and just like slowly walks towards the camera and goes that's right science which I am and you know who else? You know who else I am? I'm Tony Fauci. I'm for science. I'm about science. And that is where I think Fauci is going uh, with him saying represent science. You know, a lot of people are like, yo, Fauci, like, you're, you're a piece of shit. Um, 
you things that I just said five seconds ago where you're saying, yo, Fauci, how could you how could you say your science? You're taking away from the scientists. You're taking away from the scientific community. You're taking away from the value of the scientific process and the evidence and what things are saying. But I, I think Fauci's bringing us towards and getting ready to launch something that's even more important than a vaccine, which is his own cologne line that he's going to make the rounds on CNN, uh, Oprah, uh, you know, what The View, and he's, he's going to launch Science by Tony Fauci. And that is going to be what we all need because we should just stop asking questions. That's, that's what we all really need to do. It's when we hear that voice in our head, we would be so much happier. Like, you know, what about breakthrough cases? Shh. What about adverse reactions? What about science by Tony Fauci? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, an egotistical maniac. Maybe he's just trying to get his. He's trying to like when you blow up on Twitter and you release your you, you drop your SoundCloud link. That's like Tony Fauci. He's blowing up right now and he's trying to drop that cologne and make some money. You got to you got to make some money out of this. And, you know, I don't blame him for that. There is another part of the interview. Uh, I particularly enjoyed this one because you, you may, you guys may have listened to this. We did uh, my brothers and I, Matt, Dave, and I, about I want to say five months ago, did an entire episode on the COVID lab leak theory, and we got into the, a lot of the data that Nicholas Wade wrote about, uh, Brett Weinstein spoke about, um, Joe Rogan had a bunch of people on his podcast talking about the, the evidence that this virus probably came from a lab. It did not come from a bat biting a pangolin and then flying a thousand miles to the wet market. And so if you want to check that out, it's on an, uh, Oxor premium full two hour episode deep dive. Uh, so went, went into all that evidence. And so that was back in June and there was a shit ton of evidence. And now there's even more evidence about the flimsiness of the wet market theory. And so Margaret Brennan says this. She says, why is it, why is it so efficient? And she's talking about COVID, COVID-19. Why is it so efficient? I've heard so many virologists point to that it was uniquely adapted to be just horrible in the human body. How did it get that efficient? And Fauci says, well, it evolves in animals. It evolves in humans. And it could just, you know, sometimes viruses jump into humans and they take off and run away. <laughs> sometimes viruses just jump, man. Like, have you ever seen a virus play basketball? Like, sometimes I don't think they're going to reach the rim. And sometimes they just fucking jumping 360 LeBron that shit right through the net so I don't know man sometimes viruses just fucking jump and run away is that racist that that Fauci is saying that viruses can jump high I feel like he's he's giving a racial association to this virus being able to jump he's basically saying that because uh this virus can jump high um 
they were able to escape. And so, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I th- when, when I think of uh, people that are jumping high and, and people that are running away from the cops, you know, I, I clearly I think, I think Fauci is trying to dunk on black people here. I, I think that this is an extremely racist interpretation of the virus. That's clearly what Fauci was thinking here. He wasn't thinking about answering the question that Margaret Brennan just asked him. He, he immediately, Fauci switched, and he decided to, you know, how can I, how can I dog whistle the fact that I don't like uh, black people through describing that the, the virus can jump high and run away? And also, those are two great qualities. Like, I'd love to be able to jump high. I'd love to be able to run fast. Those are two things that I don't have. And, you know, shout out to the people that can do do that of all races. But I digress off of that rant that may or may not have made sense. So Fauci goes on to say, uh, he says, the viruses jump into humans and they take off and run right away. Margaret Brennan then says, but we don't know what went between the bat and the human. We don't know what went on between the bat and the human. There was something in between, question mark? Fauci says, it was very likely in a host. What the Chinese did, I don't have firsthand knowledge of that, but the people who were reporting it, who investigated what they did, is they cleaned out the markets as soon as it turned out that it was clear that there were clusters coming from the market. Which, you know, in typical fashion, I think trying to make sure that things don't get pointed to them, they probably got rid of the animals that were the intermediary hosts there. So, Fauci's theory is that the virus made its way to a wet market. So, uh, a bat bit a pangolin in Laos and then traveled a thousand miles and then someone you know, killed it or captured it and put it in the wet market and people started to get sick. Or this was this would be uh, even before people started to get sick. This, this would be before COVID-19 was spreading. So so his, his theory is that the, the bat bit a pangolin, the pangolin flew, uh, or I don't know if pangolins fly, but somehow it got into the supply at the wet market and then people started saying, oh shit, like we should get rid of these intermediary hosts. Like the the people at a market, a, a basically a, a grocery store in Wuhan, a pop-up market, are have this intense knowledge of virology where they start putting together the dots on the few cases that aren't even public yet. And they go, guys, I think this is turning into a breeding ground of, of COVID-19 SARS-2 and, and we should definitely start to hide the evidence because there's going to be a pandemic in about three months and it's going to come back to us and the guy sitting next to him is like what the fuck are you talking about I sell bats at a market I, I don't know how viruses work but I trust your knowledge uh, talking to me how viruses work. So, you know, I'm going to get all, rid of all the animals on my animal stand 
Um, I'm going to give up the income of the few dollars I was going to make this week uh, trying to feed my family in Wuhan, all because you have this theory that the intermediary hosts are here. You know, thanks, John, for telling me this. And it's like two guys in a wet market and, and they start to spread rumors around that, hey, we should start to get rid of these fucking bats, dude. Like... I, I think SARS two. I think I, th- I think SARS v two COVID nineteen um, is gonna cause some uh, future immunodeficiencies in in the global population. And based on my knowledge of selling um, these live exotic animals in this market, I I entirely suspect that people will trace this back to us, and we should definitely get rid of this stuff in the market. Um, and so I. I don't know. <laughs> the the fact that there's some coordinated effort to get rid of the the bats and the animals in that market when there hasn't been any direct link to the origin of the virus starting there. You know, like how are people going to realize that? And what what if people from the the lab in Wuhan just came and started snatching animals up from the market? Wouldn't people be like, you know, what the fuck is happening here? But uh he goes on to say uh they probably got rid of the animals that were the intermediary hosts and that's the reason why it's very important to continue to get the cooperation of the chinese and allowing surveillance of the animals that ultimately go into the wet markets the civet cats the raccoon dogs and all the other things that clearly the virus is a very promiscuous uh virus in the sense that it can infect animals so this virus is horny as fuck and it is a very horny virus. This, this virus spreads quickly. It spreads rapidly. Um, people that, uh, you know, aren't even horny, that are, you know, a horny symptomatic can spread this because the virus is that horny to other people. And so they don't even know. And they want to get rid of the animals in the markets. Animals can infect the humans. He goes on to say there are animals out there, very big cats. There are animals in the environment that are getting infected with SARS-CoV-2. It's very highly infective. As long as you have the receptor for the virus, it'll infect you. So that's what makes it. It's capable of binding so well to the receptors in the body. And then Margaret Brennan goes on to say, but Beijing acknowledges now that they don't think it originated in the market. And Dr. Fauci just goes, shh. I'm science. Well, Fauci says, it may not have originated in the market, but it certainly could have. I mean, I don't think that they admitted that it didn't originate in the market. I had to read that sentence six times before I knew what he was saying. I don't think that they admitted that it didn't originate in the not on market. That's not COVID-2, but is, but is not, and that is not, not, not a bat that does not have not COVID. And I think they're saying they don't know how it originated. And one thing I know is that people who use double negatives are guilty. I have never known the truth in my life and then said it as a double negative. No, no one's, if I went for a walk this morning and someone had, and someone said, "Hey, did you go for a walk?" And I and I wanted to tell the truth. I wouldn't say, "Well, I didn't not go for a walk." And the person would be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't not go for a walk. That's not 
today, this morning, but I could have not gone for like every time. Maybe other people feel this too. Every time I want to lie, there's always a doubt. I'm like, how can I say this confusingly so that by the time this person figures out exactly what I said, I'll be gone or I can, you know, hang up or just be like laugh awkwardly and then transition to the next thing. So whenever, whenever I'm like, I'm going to lie right now, I'm just like, how can I say this in the most confusing way possible? How, how did the virus, uh, how, doesn't Beijing think that the virus didn't originate in the the market? Well, I mean, what's Beijing? What what is not Beijing? Is Beijing not a city that could possibly be a place where COVID didn't not not originate? I mean, it didn't not originate in the market, but a bat may have not unbit a penguin that didn't not identify as a trans unicorn star. And based on what I don't not know, I am not not science. And here's what I think. There's a lot of evidence out there, which I'm going to get into uh, shortly, some new documents that were leaked in China. This is like, uh, with all the evidence, this is like catching someone that murdered, uh, that shot someone in the face. If if you catch someone who, who mugged another human being and shot that person in the face, and you say, hey... We have all the evidence, you know, there's, there's, it's on video. We, we, we think, you know, we think it's this guy. We, we got him, you know, dead to rights. We, we got him. We literally have the smoking gun. And then there's another, this is a conversation between uh, two police officers. And then be like, if the, the other police officers like, well, I mean, we saw the murder, we saw the gun go off, we saw the bullet enter the person's forehead um, and shatter into a million pieces and destroy their brain. But here's what didn't happen. I don't think that guy admitted that the bullet originated in his gun. I mean, we have him on camera, but if you think about it, he didn't actually admit that it came from his gun. I mean, he didn't not not say it did. I mean, it could have or it couldn't have, but this guy didn't tell us that it originated from his gun. So even though we have all the evidence, I mean, they didn't say it did. So it could have or it couldn't have. And it's like, bro, you're literally a scientist. If you say you are science, that's what evidence is for. We don't need people to admit things. Uh, you know, he says, I, I don't think that they admitted it didn't originate in the market. Do you expect people in the market or, or people working in the lab to just tell you, yeah, I did it. Like there would be no reason for lawyers. There would be no reason for uh, judges. There'd be no reason for, uh, you know, prosecutors, defense, jury. Like if, if the ultimate evidence that you were waiting for was for the person involved to admit that they did it, no one would ever be found guilty. And every single person would be innocent because that's completely within the perpetrator's control. You you can either admit you're doing something 
or not admit you're doing something. But that has no fucking impact on what's actually true and what's actually happened and the evidence that gathered. You still have to make a decision and say, okay, you know, even though people involved in China didn't admit it originated in the virus or weren't clear on it, the evidence suggests that it did. And there's there's another thing going on here that's kind of like people that goes into people saying things in a in a convoluted fashion kind of like saying uh you know like adding in double negatives to throw people off there's something i've noticed and i know cuz i've done this myself especially to my parents when i was younger when people when there's someone knows that there's evidence in their favor when someone knows that they're right when someone just absolutely knows they're correct the evidence is in their favor they go out of their way to show you how in control and and dominant of the facts they are and, and how tightly held their grasp is on the situation and they're like hey you know i know you think this but but this is what happened i got it you know Babe, like I, I, I didn't fuck that chick. Like I swear, I was at, at a conference meeting, and this is what happened. You know, I, I have an explanation for this. This is what happened. You're, you're gonna be so embarrassed because I have the alibi. I have, I have the receipts. People, people are so quick to remind you of their receipts when they know that they're right and they know that the evidence is on their side. But. There's also the other side of it where when people know they're wrong, when people know that the evidence is not on their side, they will do this very cringy, forced ignorance. Like if, if your wife or girlfriend, whatever, catches you cheating and they're like, I, I found this text on your phone and it, it was this girl's name that that this number I didn't recognize was asking you to meet up and it was yesterday and I just want to know what happened there and the guy that knows when he's wrong will be like oh well I mean you know that it wasn't I mean do you even know that's a text like it's words on my phone it's showing up in blue but I mean what are texts really I mean that could have come from anyone My, my phone could have been in on on the bluetooth was on and anyone can airdrop a message or or picture a photo to my phone i mean babe i don't even know if this is a phone what are we in a simulation like like people (laughs) people when they know they're wrong will just just make up the wildest shit like they'll for it's like i don't know how anything works anymore because i'm wrong and i'm just trying to confuse you about the structures that we all agree are true and so when Fauci you know he's no doubt seeing all this evidence that the it came from the lab and and confronted with the fact that it probably did and he's presented with this evidence in the interview on CBS and he's just like well I mean like how does evidence work really you know I mean there's all there's all this stuff. I mean, I mean, DNA sequencing points to a lab, but you know, what is DNA? Like, can we even trust that? Like, and plus they didn't admit it, you know, like when people are wrong, isn't that something they do? They usually admit it and they, they didn't say that they didn't do it. So, and it's like all this 
this kind of performative ignorance when you know the evidence is stacked against you. And I've done this. I mean, I've done this um, with my parents many times when I was younger. If I, if I got caught doing something, I, I remember I put a stink bomb in my friend's mailbox one time. I, I rode my bike with a stink bomb that exploded in my friend's mailbox and it got colored purple on the inside. And so, and I didn't know that. I thought it would just like make, I don't know exactly what I thought was going to happen, but I just, I saw a stink bomb and then um, the, it would go off and make their mailbox smell and they'd open it and it smelled like farts or something. And so I got a call or my mom got a call from my friend's mom, uh, Matt's mom. And she said, uh, does, do you know anything about us, us, like a, a stink bomb or smoke bomb going off. Like did Zachary, has he been out of the house today? Like we're trying to figure out who, and I, and I wrote over with a couple of friends too. It's just like a joke. We were getting one of my friends back for something. And I, I put it into the mailbox and my mom asked me about it. And she said, did you put a, like some sort of smoking stink bomb device in your friend's mailbox? And I, and I was like, What? what mom she's like yeah their mailbox is purple like the entire inside of the mailbox is purple some of their mail got destroyed and i was like well i mean i mean maybe the the mailbox like maybe when the mailman slid in the mail there was some sort of reaction with the friction like it it, like the when the mail was sliding through the box it could have like set off a reaction like a chemical reaction with the paint and and my mom's just like go to your room like just stop like you're done you might like (laughs) even if i put through a grenade in their mailbox and blew it up i would have been like i mean maybe i mean maybe the mailman like i i i don't know something like if he closed it too hard maybe the mailbox exploded like i don't know i've never we should go outside and test it out with our mailbox you know and so when people know they've done shit wrong they just pretend like they don't know how things like gravity and evidence and physics work. They're just like, I, I don't fucking know, dude. And there are these documents that were leaked in China. That's called uh, on a website named express.co.uk. And the title of the article is COVID lab leak theory blows wide open. And it says... Now questions surround how a bat-borne virus from Laos could have ended up sparking an outbreak in Wuhan, which is more than a thousand miles away. Leaked emails between Scientific Research Foundation, EcoHealth Alliance, and U.S. government funders show viral samples were being actively collected from bats in Laos. These samples were then taken back to the Wuhan Institute of, Viro- the Wuhan Institute of Virology for study. So the theory that, um, like, how could this bat-borne virus from Laos end up in Wuhan, that, you know, it bit an animal and it ended up in the wet market and, and that's how it spread and just jumped to a human. There are emails between the the scientists, uh, the Research Foundation Eco Health Alliance, so involved directly with the lab in Wuhan, and U.S. government funders, which there's evidence to support that. Uh, you know, Fauci might have known something, a little something about that. I don't know. I'm just talking in a high voice. Uh, yeah, because I'm guilty. And uh, they were um, 
collecting these samples a thousand miles away in the lab. So these these samples from the bats that people are like, how did they end up in Wuhan? People in the lab were going out and collecting them and bringing them back and then testing them out, doing gain of function research, all this shit in the Wuhan Institute of Virology for study. So it's like, are you still going to stick to your theory? Fauci, no doubt, saw this before he went on the CBS interview and he's still like, no, you, you know, guys, I, 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 I think a bat molested a pangolin. I, I, I don't know. Just kind of like what basically he's playing like the unfunny version of Jon Stewart when he went on Colbert and just completely embarrassed uh, anyone who was trying to make people feel like they were crazy for saying maybe the virus originated in a lab. Um, great segment, by the way. Search Jon Stewart. If you haven't seen it already, it was all over. I'm sure you have um, Jon Stewart, Colbert, COVID. So, yeah, I want to get into this study on happiness. I want to get into the study on happiness and specifically how liberals can be happier. And this is an article in the New York Times, and and I really enjoyed this article. I picked out a few excerpts here, and this isn't going to be some sort of like liberal versus conservative bullshit you know i'm i'm very liberal on some issues i'm conservative on others i don't really think of myself in a broad ideological fashion i I, if you give me an issue i'll give you my take on it and that's how i think about it and then some people say that take is conservative others will say it's liberal so i think this article did a great job in the new york times of how to kind of dissect happiness without making it political So the article goes on to say, some scholars believe that the happiness gap between conservatives and liberals is driven by differences in how liberals and conservatives think. Liberals and conservatives think about politics and inequality. For example, John Jost and Jaime Napier, two psychologists at NYU, have written that, quote, the rationalization of inequality, a core component of conservative ideology, helps to explain why conservatives are, on average, happier than liberals. In other words, happiness is a function of legitimating the world as it is. Conservatives are not happy because they're fine with the status quo. Liberals are unhappy because they're not. So there's this theory that conservatives are more happy because they don't care about inequality, whether it's financial or racial, or whatever. It's that conservatives are, you know, they're just like, fuck it, the world's fucked up, it's not equal. Who cares? People are dying. Uh, We're happier because we don't feel that as strongly as liberals do. We don't feel that wealth divide. We don't feel that racial divide, whatever divide you're talking about. That was the, the previous theory. It goes on to say, the general hypothesis presented by Mr. Jost and Ms. Napier carries enormous intuitive appeal. If your politics are about social justice, change, and progress, then it stands to reason that you might feel unhappy with life as it is. And that's true. I mean, if you if you're unhappy, it's it gives you a good reason to be unhappy because you're like, oh, I'm unhappy because I give a shit about human beings. I give a shit about human lives. When when I see a homeless guy in the street, it makes me unhappier than a conservative who sees a homeless guy in the street because he wants to burn that person for profit or something. So it, it was an outlet for liberals to convince themselves about 
a false source of their happiness. It goes on to say, but for liberals who want progress and personal happiness, thankfully this isn't the only explanation. In our research and in that of others, another theory has emerged. Human connection lends meaning and direction and a sense of solidarity to our lives. In short, it helps make us happier. Arthur Brooks of Harvard, for example, told us, quote, A lot of our happiness is out of our control, based on genetics and circumstances, but some of it we can control. It requires we invest in four things each day. Those four things, he said, are faith, family, friends, and work, in which we earn our success and serve others. The liberal conservative happiness gap then may not be primarily about political ideology, but rather connections to our country's three core institutions. Self-identified liberals are less likely than conservatives on average to be tied to family, faith, and community. So that's what, that's what uh, the latest research seems to point to, um, which makes sense. I mean, if you, I, I know, uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of movement on the left to go against family and sort of institutions and people are more open to things that are liberals and, and they see less boundaries. So when you see an institution, you're more likely to think, you know, why is this institution here? We should break this down. We should liberate people from institutions, whereas conservatives are more, no, like we want boundaries. We want institutions. Boundaries can be good. And structure can be good. And social interaction comes from those structures. And that seems to be more of the reason for happiness on the conservative side. And it's not saying that liberals can't be conservative. They even go into this article about how, you know, liberals who um, have faith uh, in whatever religion or, or spirituality you practice have families like they're also happier. So it's not a liberal versus conservative thing. It's just a, a pro social institution, a pro social interaction thing. So when you have things like family, faith and community, that tends to make people happier because you're seeing people every week, you're getting that interaction and a lot of people that are against institutions like churches, and I'm I'm not religious. I'm I'm an atheist. I grew up going to Catholic church. I went to a Catholic high school. I, I grew up with faith, and which I don't have now. But but I'm also part of institutions like um, going to gyms, going to Muay Thai, um, practicing steel mace flow. Um, doing podcasting, being in groups with friends. Like I, I have an active source of being in groups throughout my week, so that makes me feel connected. But for a lot of people, especially people that don't live around places like New York, LA, or Chicago, in the, the middle of the country, with less population, a lot of people get together at churches. That That's a, a main source of camaraderie and a main source of social connection is that if you live in a small town, one of the ways that you see everyone every week is that you go to mass or you go to temple, you go to mosque, whatever it is. And that has a value in itself. Even if you don't believe in a religion, which I don't, I, I don't have faith in religion. I, I would describe myself as more 
um, spiritual. Not that not that I'm above religion. I don't see it like that. I, I just choose to believe in other things and practice other things. When you when you look at religion institutions as a structure and as a place of social gathering, that has a positive. No matter what goes on in within those walls, whether it's uh, you're talking about the Bible, uh, you're, you're talking about the Torah. Uh, Quran, whatever, you know, you got a crazy priest or, you know, a priest that barely speaks English and you can't understand what anyone's saying with a 90-year-old lady about to pass out on the organ. Um, You're still getting together with people and that's valuable on its own. So uh, it's not that religion makes people happy. It's that these institutions like family, faith, and community, having a family, um, having, uh, getting together with family gatherings, which, which have been tough and, and which I'm looking forward to getting back to this holiday season. That is the source of happiness, family, faith, and community. And at the end of the article, it says they cannot lose sight of this paradox. Individual happiness is more likely to be found, excuse me. Individual happiness is more likely to be found not by directly pursuing it, but by embracing social institutions that can call on us to focus first on the welfare of others. Again, you cannot lose sight of this paradox. Individual happiness is more likely to be found not by directly pursuing it, but by embracing social institutions that call us to focus first on the welfare of others. And that is exactly what I think Tony Fauci is doing. That's what Tony Fauci is doing. Fauci is selflessly covering up his involvement in the lab leak because he's focusing on the welfare of others. Tony Fauci is like the white knight in the dark knight. He's like Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is this guy that came up and people love him. He's popular. He knows everyone. Um, he goes against the, the criminals, which to him are the viruses, and he gets well-known. And all of a sudden, this other force shows up in his life. Maybe something bad happened to him, and he just flips. I didn't snap close enough. And he just flips. And then he starts talking bullshit and you know, maybe people get harmed because of it. Maybe he's not looking at the evidence. Maybe he's not doing what got him to where he is. And if people saw him for the, the thing that he's become, it would cause people to lose faith in the system. It would cause people to lose happiness because faith gives you happiness. And there are a lot of people that have faith in Fauci. (laughs) If I, (laughs) How funny would that be if you pass a church and it says on the billboard, have faith in Fauci. Praise be the Lord, Fauci Christ. But a lot of people do have faith in Fauci. And if they found out that he was full of shit, which I'm not saying he is, I'm sure some of the things he says are true, but there's a lot of evidence that points to things he said that are not, or he refuses to acknowledge. If the essence of Fauci, if the aura of Fauci, if the character of Fauci got destroyed, there would be a lot of people that would lose their their peace. There would, there would be a lot of people that 
didn't know what to do, didn't know what to believe. They'd lose their faith, they'd lose their happiness. So instead, he is selflessly propping himself up, selflessly, not selfishly, he's selflessly doing this for us. He's covering up any sort of notion or scrap of evidence from the lab leak, his involvement, any other U.S. organization's involvement. He's covering this up selflessly so that we can maintain our faith in him as the white knight. And we'll find someone else to blame. You know, we, we need the dark knight. We need someone to come along and take the blame for COVID. And that will make us all feel good. It will, it will make us be happy. And you know what? I, <laughs> I know he's a guy doing a job. I'm talking about Batman right now, not Fauci. Um, <laughs> I, I know Fauci is a guy doing a job. And I want to believe that he wakes up every day, <clears throat> as I can't even talk. I want to believe that he wakes up every day thinking about how he can save the world and, and do a good thing and be an overall net positive and that the things that he's saying and doing, he's not doing them out of bad faith. He's doing them out of a skewed perspective that he genuinely believes that he's making a world a better place with what he's doing. And I want to believe that. I don't know if I actually do, but I want to. I think most people wake up and they want to make the world a good place. They want to have a purpose. They want to make money. They want to fuck. They want to hang out. And we all have these few primal motives and instincts that we want to fulfill. Everyone has that. Um, and we try our best. And, you know, if Fauci is not that guy anymore, he was that guy. And I'm hopeful that things will will change. Uh, maybe Batman will come out of nowhere, but he... You know, we're in a tough place and I consider myself very lucky. I have a job that I can do remotely. I can record podcasts with guests in person and also remote, which has helped me get through the pandemic and things are starting to open up around the country. And I hope that family, faith and community will come back to where they once were so that we can all be happy, we can be happier we can feel that connection because I think a lot of people have lost that connection. A lot of people have just gotten used to having no social connections because I know I did for a long time. There were months where, you know, I'd be in my apartment by myself and I'd see two people that week that weren't on Zoom. Talk to two people and, you know, your body adapts and your mind adapts very quickly. And then now that I'm, you know, I'm going back in the, this was uh even you know beginning of 2021 you know going back into gyms back into restaurants hanging out traveling going to colombia netherlands france meeting strangers having conversations you forget that you forget how happy that shit makes you and you get used to not having it and you think that this is the happiest you're ever going to be and then you go back out into the world and you realize Oh, fuck. There's a whole nother layer here. So thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I definitely had some fun recording it. Again, if you want bonus episodes like this, you can subscribe to Auxoro Premium, uh, which will be linked to this 
video. It will also, uh, you, you can just go to auxoro.supercast.com auxoro.supercast.com for less than five bucks a month you can sign up for the year and you'll get two bonus episodes per month that include solo episodes and other conversations and you can also submit topics and questions for me to talk about on the podcast i love you guys and i'll see you next time